Just a couple of announcements for you this morning. Uh, again, a reminder that our daily breads are out in the uh, foyer there. Uh, just uh, feel free to pick one up. And then um, the uh, next Sunday, we're going to have a fellowship meal after the worship service. And uh, the, we'll have hamburgers and hot dogs, and, and the church is going to provide everything. So uh, it's not a potluck or anything like that. And just uh, feel free to stay and, and uh, visit for a while while we get things going and then uh, share a meal together. And somebody says, is it happening if it rains? Yes. Uh, the, the person barbecuing is just going to get soaked. <laughs> Alan. <laughs> no, and uh, so uh, uh, it's on no matter what, and we're just looking forward to an opportunity to get to back into some kind of a routine where we can fellowship together and, and uh, enjoy each other's company. Um, so that's that's next Sunday. Uh, as we begin our message this morning, we're going to be in Psalm uh, 150, and. Uh, it's, we, last week we did Psalm 1 and, 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 and we just rushed through Psalms and now we're doing Psalm 150. (laughs) Uh, so let me read it to you. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to the excellent greatness, His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the trumpet sound. Praise Him with the lute and the harp. Praise Him with the tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with the loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning, and as we read this song, psalm, and, and and we see this, it just, you know, this is the desire of our heart to praise you, to worship you, to acknowledge that you are the God of all creation and and the God of our salvation. And so, as we come this morning, we ask again that you'd open our hearts and our minds, that your word would minister to us, no matter what our need is, that through sharing in your word together, your Holy Spirit would be able to minister to us through the word. And, and draw us close together, close to you. In Jesus' name, Amen. The, uh, the word, you know, I was looking at, uh, 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 well, I had a long conversation with, with somebody earlier this week, and, uh, we, the, the the question came up or the the conversation came up to acknowledging the amount of of uh, negativism you know you I guess you could put it that way to be you know nice pessimism uh, you know just kind of like people are looking under the rocks expecting something bad not looking for something good I, I, it seems to be the way a lot of people are right now and uh, the uh, the world's answer to pessimism or negativism, at least when I was uh, going to college and and, and uh, so put it in the 60s and the 70s, uh, 
was one of the big things was positive thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. Yeah. And people that are all gray haired now are nodding their head. Yes. Yeah. Um, but his thing was, you know, you, you can grab a hold of the way you think. And, and if you start to think in a positive way, things will happen in a positive way. Well, a lot of his methodology, though, I, was to me questionable at best. There was another guru during that time, uh, Maxwell Maltz. Uh, some of you might remember him, Psycho-Cybernetics. And uh, I, ha- I had a chance to attend a, a session of his. And I-, I-, I wasn't a believer, but I felt the same way I felt about Norman Vincent Peale. I just, you know, it was, it was more hype than anything else. And-, and it did sell lots of books. But uh, the- so the world's answer is looking for some smart guy to come up and write a book and answer, whether it's Robbins or, or, or somebody out there to be the, the coach that will lead me into a way of, of getting my life squared away. And I just want to suggest to you this morning that the biblical solution is what we're looking for. And it's, it's a simple phrase, God-centered thinking. Uh, and it's not a catchphrase. It's not meant to be anything like that. But the idea is, is that as, as we enter into our relationship with the Lord, it is for us a, a sense of praise and worship. This Psalm 50, of course, is, is, is centered on praise. And the songs that we sang this morning uh, were centered on, on, on praise and, and bless the Lord and 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 uh, and again, this isn't something that we can do on our own. It requires the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to make it work. So it's not going to be just reading a person who writes a book about the Bible. It's to read the Word itself and allow the Holy Spirit to open it up to you and and. Catch what you can the first time through. And like so many people will tell you, if they've been walking with the Lord any length of time, uh, the next time you read the Bible through, you'll say, oh, wait a minute, this goes with this. I didn't catch that before. And it's a constant pattern of growth for the rest of your life. There is no one who is the final authority on the Word of God in the context of saying, I know it, how it all comes together now. There's always something else to learn. In fact, I'm convinced uh, I don't know how many of you are fans of Randy Alcorn and uh, his series on heaven and stuff, but basically, because God is infinite, no beginning and no end, and because we start with a beginning, we will spend eternity seeing him in a fresh sort of way constantly because we're going to be ever getting to know who is eternal, you know, and, and, and the one who is eternal. And it, it's an awesome thought to, to put into your mind and think about. So, what I want to focus on this morning is just this idea of praise. And corporate praise, but individual praise as well. And so, as we look at Psalm uh, 150, uh, it's the last of the Psalms. Uh, and, and it's an interesting thing. The very last phrase or, or sentence in the Psalms is, praise the Lord. Okay, and... Going through the Psalms, 
this it's it's quite amazing as as you look at it to to realize that the psalms talks very directly about some frustrations and upsets and sadness and you know you know things that are painful as well as celebration and it says but the answer is found in our relationship with God and from as we mature in, into this and, and look at it through adding the New Testament into it and, and realize that Christ is that answer, we realize that it's coming to Christ, accepting Him as our Savior, confessing Him raised from the dead, and, and acknowledging He is the Son of God, God in the flesh. And when we come to that point uh, and, and we start to read the Scripture and ask, please, as you read the Scripture, don't do it just out of obedience. By the way, are we supposed to read the Scripture? Is that a sense? Yeah, there is a sense of obedience to it. I'll look at that in a minute. But, but the idea is, do it with a sense of expectation. Pray first. And it doesn't have to be this long, lengthy prayer. It can just be simply, Father, uh, through Your Holy Spirit, it indwells me. Open my heart and my mind to Your Word as I read it this morning, or this afternoon, or this evening, whenever You're approaching it. Psalm 150 is part of what uh, is considered well uh, part of the a group called the Hallelujah Psalms. It starts with Psalm 146. In fact, go, go just look at 146 and see where it starts. It says, "Praise the Lord." The last phrase in Psalm 146: "Praise the Lord." 47, 147, praise the Lord. Uh, the last phrase, praise the Lord. These are praise psalms. And they are kind of a climax to, you know, to, to the, the overall picture of psalms. And, and the idea is, is that we've gone through all of this and what's, what's the center of what we want to draw from the psalms? Praise the Lord in all circumstances. So I, I wrote boldly here on my notes, the theme of the Hallelujah Psalms. Praise. Psalm 150 is the is the climax to that group of psalms. By the way, if you look through it, you know it says it says to praise 13 times in six verses. It's pretty intense as to what it's wanting you to accomplish. And as the summary of psalms or the last of the psalms, I, I look at it and say. You, you know, you read this and say, this is, it's telling me, this is the way I should come out of reading this, this section of scripture. Praise the Lord. And then I had a minute of honesty with myself and I says, does this reflect my life? So, I figured that, that that's where I wanted to kind of look at it this morning. And as I looked at the outline that I was putting together for this uh, passage, you, you know, you, you, you can remember in, in school, and, and I'm looking around here, there's only one person who's probably in, what grade are you in now, Amy? Ninth grade, freshman. Eighth grade, okay, mom, you're rushing things. <laughs> uh, but but 
there, when you go into, you know, your writing classes and, and your, your English classes, and, and especially when they're starting to tell you to research reports and reset research projects, maybe in a history class or whatever, what is it? The five W's and the H. Okay? So, and some, some say just six W's with the fact that, that the word how ends with a W, so we can do it that way. Uh, but, but, uh, it's five W's and the H. Who, what, when, why, where, how. Okay, these are the questions that you're supposed to answer in any good research approach. And so, you look at this, and this, this, this psalm just forms perfectly through this. Uh, who is this psalm about? God. Plain and simple. I don't have to go any further than that. It's just obvious. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him, 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 praise Him. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord. So the Lord God is who we're, this is about. So we've gone, we're done with the who and we move right into the, to the where. Where are we to praise Him? Where does it say? It says, in His sanctuary. And then praise Him in His mighty heavens. And it took a little digging on the, the phrase mighty heavens. Uh, but His sanctuary uh, is typically where people come together to worship. I, I think that it was designed, with the intent when David wrote it was to, to say, in the temple. Praise Him where He meets us in the temple. Okay? But the temple now has, is no longer a, a specific location. It's, where, it's the church. Wherever the church is, read First Peter, he talks about we are building stones coming together. We are all together. So we are the, the, the sanctuary. And so uh, I looked at this and thought, you know, there's, there's a sense of individual or corporate in this. And, and then it says, so we are to come together as a group or individually, but we're to worship in his sanctuary where God dwells. By the way, how can Peter get away with calling our, our body a sanctuary? It has the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And so... We are a place where God wants to worship with us. So no matter where you are, you are in a context of being to say, this is a place for worship. Because I'm standing here. Or you're standing here. You're, 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 you're there together. The Holy Spirit into you. But he also says... You know, uh, very clearly he says, you know, praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Uh, and the, the idea of mighty heavens here, uh, some of you, uh, your scriptures might say expanse. A few of the translations use the word firmament, which goes back to the, the creation in Genesis. Uh, and, and the idea is uh, where his power is used 
is, is obvious, is, is been used. God, when he created, he spoke it into existence. His power created the firmament. And so the idea of the, the mighty firmament or the power of the firmament, I mean, and I thought, boy, these are confusing to me. And then, then I, I got into a, a person that spent some time explaining it. The fermentation of his power is the literal phrase. So wherever his power is, you are to worship him. There is no place his power isn't. <laughs> every place we stand, every place we go, every place we sit, every place we lay down to sleep, it doesn't matter where we are, it's a place of worship. And we are his people, a people of worship. Again, this idea of the sanctuary conveying the idea of, of corporate and individual, it, whether together or by yourself, we are called to worship the Lord. In Psalm uh, 100, uh, it says, there's the, the scripture, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. And, and so, when we are to come together and to worship, we are to enter his, you know, and worship together. But even if you're alone, you still enter his presence with praise. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Hallowed be your name. Yeah, the idea of praise and acknowledgement of who God is. So who are we to worship? We're to worship the Lord God. God the Lord, you know, uh, uh, worship Him. Where we worship Him? Everywhere. Any place we are is a point of worship. Why? You know, who, what, when? Well, the, the when and the, we'll get that in a minute. But the why is what I wanted to look at here because of what it comes in the, in the sense of the psalm here. We worship Him according to verse 2. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. And I was looking and I was thinking, okay, His mighty deeds. And what came to me as, as I was reading this is what I want to share with you. And I, you know, somebody might say, well, you know, I didn't see that in the commentary I looked at or whatever, but uh, what I looked at was uh, his mighty deeds, the things that he has done, and and I'm thinking of the things that I'm closest to in the sense that he has done. Not that he's just done them for me, but that he has done. But I have to look at it and say the things he has done for me. Uh, and that's part of the idea of, of individual worship. God, you did this for me. Or collective, God, you did this for us. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. 
Okay, starts right off. The, the, you know, in the beginning was the Word. Okay, the Word was with God. The Word is God. Verse 14 lets us know who the Word is. It says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory as the, as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay, why did He do this? For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that who would ever believe in Him should not perish but have eternal life. The, as we look at this, here's the, 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 it's got to be the central core of when we say, what has He done? He did this. He's the Creator. I mean, look at, at, at uh, Colossians uh, in chapter 1. It, it's pretty clear here, you know, uh, what, what Paul says in reference to him. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. By the way, the firstborn of all creation or the only begotten is not meaning that he is created or that he was born. It means he has the position of inheritance. He has the position of inheritance. The firstborn in the Hebrew culture was the key inheritor. Okay, He is the firstborn. He is the inheritance. Now, what is he going to do with this inheritance, by the way? According to Romans chapter 8, what's he going to do with his inheritance? Nah. God, you're on part of it. He's, but he's going to what? He's going to share it with us. We're going to be joint heirs, it says, with Jesus. When we accept Christ as our Savior, we become part of the family of God. Kathy and I were in a church once every Sunday morning. We started off with the song, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Every Sunday, you know. And, it, you know, it was one of those things where you could see, we realized they had been doing this for a while and we could, and, and after a while I was starting to take it kind of for granted, you know, just going through the motions and saying the words and get on with it so we can get on to the right, real, you know, get into the Word and all that stuff. And I realized I was doing again that same thing. I was having an opportunity to to say something to God directly. I'm so glad I'm a part of your family, and and to say it at least once a week on Sunday morning is not should not be such a difficult problem, you know. So so you know we are part of the family of God, uh, you know, and and it's because of His mighty deeds. Uh, Colossians, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Again, that idea of, 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 of who He is. All things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and vis- invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. What a power. We just sang a song, His breath. In, is, is in my lungs. It's my lungs that I catch the breath. That's a gift from God. There should be a, a momentum of building here as you think about this. 
just the very breath that He gives me, the fact that I have a pumping heart and a circulating blood, that's all a gift. My life is a gift from God. Do I thank Him for my life? Or do I complain about what I don't have but I would like to? You know? Everything created through Him and for Him. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, meaning the, the one with the inheritance. That is, in everything He might be preeminent. Preeminent means have have all authority and, and say. For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. How much of God dwelt in Christ while He walked on the earth? He was 100% God. And totally man. Somebody says, well, that's impossible. Yeah, for, for anything we would try to do. But not for God. For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. In other words, everything that was tainted by sin has been reconciled through the blood of the cross. Wow! These are the things that He has done for us. His mighty deeds. Might as well finish the passage here. And you who once were alienated, that's every one of us, hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, uh, He has now reconciled in His body of flesh by His death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before Him. Because it says very clearly in Scripture, in order for us to be before the throne of God, we must be holy as He is holy. And we can't get there on our own. It takes the cross, the blood of Christ, His sacrifice, and accepting Him as our Savior. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been uh, proclaimed in all creation under heaven, in which I, Paul, have become a minister. So we got that picture of, of the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, His coming to save us, uh, the good news. Okay, This is in the category of His mighty deeds. Creation is awesome. You know, you go through all the things that he's... Think of... Uh, he stopped the sun. He can, he, all the things that He has done that reveal how mighty and powerful and how everything is under His authority. But the most awesome of all is that He has saved us through His sacrifice. I think I would be amiss if I didn't share it from... from as Paul wrote it in Philippians as well. In Philippians chapter 2, the fifth verse. Have this mind among yourselves. In other words, think this way. Okay? Which is yours in Christ Jesus. How do we get it? Through Christ Jesus. Okay. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing. He emptied himself, literally taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Why? To purchase our salvation. The mighty deeds. Verse 
How about His excellent greatness? I'm not going to go into a, a lot of time with that. Just to, to say, you know, He is holy. He is perfect. He is called the King of kings. The Lord of lords. He is preeminent. I just read that. He is preeminent over all things. He created all things. All things were created through Him. His greatness. In Revelation chapter 4, this is a picture in heaven. And it says, Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to, to Him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the twenty-four elders fall down before Him who is seated on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are You, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For You created all things and by Your will they existed and were created. His very, His greatness, His excellent greatness, His mighty deeds. How are we to praise Him? Okay, go back to, to Psalm 150. Well, actually, uh, if, you know, if, if you look at 146, uh, verse 2 first, it says, I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. And... The idea of while I have my being, in other words, as long as I exist, wherever I'm going, I will sing the praises of God. Not just in the, in the corporate context, but in the private context as well. I will sing praises to God. There's things about singing a new song, just an idea of just flowing worship. And, 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 and so we have this, this picture of, of singing praises to God. And so... Uh, you know, singing is one of the things that God calls us to do. In verse forty-seven, chapter one forty-seven, and again in verse one, it says, uh, "For it is good to sing praises to our God." So, singing is a thing that we would do in, in a sense of how to praise God. But Psalm one fifty says we're going to praise Him with the trumpet sound, with the lute, and with the harp, and with the tambourine, and the dance, and and praise His strings uh, with strings and a pipe. Uh, with the sounding symbols and the crashing symbols. And what it's basically saying is, is we're to praise Him in every way we can with every kind of instrument. Now, obviously, you're not a non-instrumentalist or you wouldn't be here this morning. So, but, but, I've had this debate with them, and they said, "Well, yeah, that, you know, I, I see that, but you know, uh, we're not qualified to do that, or something, you know, to that effect." The reality is, is we're called to praise Him with everything at our access, and so we're praising with the strings, we'll praise Him with the the wind instruments, we'll praise Him with the drums, we'll praise Him with the tambourines. There's a sense of 
of joy in this. There's a sense of enthusiasm with this. A sense of, 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 of wanting to, to get into it and do it. And then that idea, the sense of dance, that's a hard one for us. It's a hard one for me. Huh, Phil? Phil remembered, there was a time, Phil, we sit in the back of the sanctuary or the, the auditorium and we danced, you know, okay? Uh, not together, but to the music. Okay? <laughs> and, and so, you know, it just, the music was so moving, it was just the right thing to do. And, and, and it wasn't a thing of doing it to, to impress anybody else. It was, a, it was an act of worship. And so, can we worship with the dance? Yes. Is it appropriate everywhere? No. There is a time and a place possibly for it, but, you know, generally speaking, it, it, it tends to disrupt more than unite and, and bring, you know, calm. But the idea is that still there's a time to be so excited that it, you break out in a, in a sense of dance. With, with the stringed instruments, with drums, with tambourines, with joy, with enthusiasm. And this idea of joy and, and enthusiasm is to be a constant in us in the sense of who we are. The reason why we are different to the rest of the world is that we talk different, we respond differently. And people, Paul, uh, Peter says, be prepared to give an answer. When somebody says, why are you that way? I had a very interesting thing happen. Uh, this week, my granddaughter approached me and she says, Papa, how come I've never heard you swear? I'll tell you what, if she had known me before I was a Christian, that wouldn't have been a question she could ask. For whatever reason, for me, that was one of the first things that, 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 that God convicted me about was my way I speak. Lots of other things didn't come. You know, somebody else will say, first thing God convicted me of was my drugs. First thing God convicted, the first thing God convicted me of was my speech. And God does it in different ways with different people. We can't set a, a rule to it because God knows what has to go first in order for the next thing to go. And, and, and it's supposed to be, this idea of a joy and enthusiasm is supposed to be more than let's give God Sunday morning. It should be a climax of giving God every day. Well, we've already kind of covered this and we sang it as well. The who... Look at the verse 6, 150. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Oh, I don't, I, I, I'm wondering if anybody's in here holding their breath. <laughs> you know, uh, you know uh, everybody that has breath. And some people say, you know, does this include all the animals that have breath? The whole earth praises the Lord in some format because it, it proclaims who he is. 
it proclaims. I mean, you look at things and, 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 and the way things come together, whether it's the fish of the sea or the trees of, 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 the, of the mountains or whatever, and you, you cannot be anything but amazed how God has intertwined things in such a way that it comes together and creates. And this is the tainted version. And so... You know, as we listen to the, the to the sounds of nature, in a sense, that's a sense of of of, of listening to a, a a form of praise, acknowledgement. You know, I I'm acknowledging that sound comes from what God has created. But I, I put in here, you know, it, it says everything that has breath. And, I, and I, it was a note that I wrote to myself, Bob, are you breathing? <laughs> you know, so, you know, everything that has breath, praise, worship. By the way, it's bigger than or, 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 or more than, I'm not sure what to, to, to say, greater than, uh, you know, than a feeling. Yes, feeling is part of it. But I'm going to come back to where I started a little while ago. There's a sense of obedience. Even if I don't feel it, I still need to come to a point in a day's period of time where I see the Word of God, I worship God, I, I in some way acknowledge Him uh, and, 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 and praise Him. It's required of us. It's expected of us. And again, when we think of what He's done, should we ever tire of rejoicing about what we have in Christ Jesus? And so, the answer obviously is no. I thought so many things crowd it out. But when I think about it, I need to stop and acknowledge God and, and His creation and His love for us, for me. Individually, corporately, in other words. I thought a possible way of summing this up for me might help sum it up for you as well. It's a scripture I frequently use uh, to point out the way we're to live our lives, but it's found in Ephesians chapter 5, starting with verse 1. You know, it's saying, it's, in the other verse it says that we've put on a new, in the other chapter it says we've put on a new self, we've, we've uh, put on, uh, we've put away falsehood, we speak the truth, uh, this type of thing, and, and, we're, and, and so then chapter 5 verse 1 says, therefore, in other words, if these things have become true in your life, therefore, as a response to what has been written here, be imitators of God. Now, what is what we know of God? He is absolutely perfect and holy. He says, strive to be imitators. Not in a legalistic sort of way, but just in the sense of wanting His life to shine in you. Be imitators of God as beloved children. Now, think about that. How many children emulate their parents? 
good and bad. <laughs> I can't believe that they said that. Oh, I, that's one of my catchphrases. Okay. Um, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Look at verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And, you know, somebody say, well, what, what is the will of the Lord? Well, one thing is don't get drunk with wine for that is debauchery. And the idea of getting drunk with wine here is, is bigger than just the idea of alcohol. Don't get drunk with the possessions of the world, the stuff of the world, uh, but be filled with the Spirit. And the word for filled here is a continuous ongoing. It's a not a one-time event. How many times in a day might I need to, to ask the Lord, fill me with your Spirit? Possibly every time I think it. <laughs> Be filled with the Spirit. And then look at how it happens. If you're filled with the Spirit, it gives you instructions on how to interact with other people. Addressing one another in psalms. And hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. By the way, this is joy and enthusiasm type of, 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 of inference here. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. In other words, putting the other person ahead of yourself. Romans chapter 12. title of this psalm in the English Standard Version is called, Let Everything Praise the Lord. It's a good title. Uh, the idea of the Hallelujah Psalms, uh, I, it's, one, it's the climax to that. I really like that idea. But what I thought about here was, once again, God is in the habit of creating a symphony out of things. Out of the Psalms, yes out of creation, out of everything. In other words, everything has its order and its place and its time. And God is here going like this and directing it, you know, and, it's, and it comes together. And we're to praise Him for, for keeping it, even giving us our very breath, filling our lungs with, with the breath we need. And so, I encourage you, in a world that is finding anything and everything it can possibly find to argue about and disagree on and find people putting people into their various camps about ridiculous things. And I mean, not just the, the political things that we see on the news, but the people just finding little things and just saying, well, this is my camp. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and, you know, and getting fixed on this is, is this idea of how we treat one another. With psalms and songs and spiritual songs and, and, and submitting one to another. Putting the other ahead of the show. And, and realizing that, that uh, our lives are to be God-centered. And in the process of that, 
wanting to give and, and minister to others in His name and to reveal Christ to those who don't know Him. Not so much by all your words or by thumping them with a book, but by the way you live your life. Be imitators of God. It is possible to do the right thing, but not because I can do it, but because of Christ in me. And when I let the Lord reign, when I let the Lord have what belongs to Him, preeminence in my personal life, it, it, it shows. And that's the case for all of us. Christ came in the flesh. He emptied Himself and came in the flesh in order to make it possible for us to have this relationship with God. And so He says, if you will confess Me as My sacrifice and My being raised from the grave, receive the, the gift of life, eternal life. And then He gave us the emblems of communion to remind us the bread, His body, the, the cup, His blood spilled for us, poured out for us. And He asked as often as we would share this special time together that we would do it in remembrance of Him. I know the worship team has a, a song for us this morning. While they're singing, uh, we are using the little packets. There are some out on the table out there. If you didn't get one uh, coming in, pick one up if, while we're singing. Feel free to do that. And in a few minutes, we'll open our packets and share communion together. God has shown to those who sit in the shadow, the sun on high, pierced the night, born was a cornerstone. Unto us a son is given, unto us a child is born. He who is mighty has done a great thing, taken on flesh. Conquered testing, shattered the darkness and lifted our shame. Holy is his name. Holy is his name. Oh, the freedom our Savior won. The yoke of sin has been broken. Once a slave, now by grace, no condemnation unto us a son is given unto us a child is born he who is mighty has done a great thing taken on flesh conquered death's thing shattered the
the darkness and lifted all our shame. Holy is His name. Holy is His name. Now my soul magnifies the Lord. I rejoice in the God who saves. I will trust His unfailing love. I will sing His praises all my days. He who is mighty has done a great thing, taken on flesh, conquered death, sing, shattered the darkness and lifted our shame. Holy is His name. Holy is His name. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians in reference to communion. He said, I received from the Lord what, also deliv- what I also delivered to you, that the Lord, on the night when He was betrayed, He took bread, and when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is My body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. Continuing in that same passage, Paul writes, In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, The cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you will proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Father, we come again Rejoicing that we can share this time together, fellowship around the bread and the cup, acknowledging what You have done for us. In so doing, we ask, Lord, that uh, You would go with us, continually fill us with Your Spirit, that we might be a witness and a testimony for You. And I, I think... I'm trying to figure out a way to say this this morning. Lord, cause us to be in awe of You. To stand in awe of You constantly. To sit in awe of You. To lay down in awe of You. To take a breath in awe of You. The God of all creation, our Lord and Savior, who's purchased us through the blood of the cross, thank You. We worship You. We praise You. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand as we close, please? Thank you for being here this morning. And uh, remember, we can have that meal, a fellowship meal next Sunday. You don't have to bring anything but yourselves, and we'll share that, uh, have that after the, the worship service, rain or shine. in my
himself in light and darkness tries to hide and trembles at his voice and trembles at his voice how great is our God sing with me how great is our God and how we'll see how great how great is our God and age to age he stands and time is in his hands beginning and the end beginning and the end the God had three in one Father, Spirit, Son the Lion and the Lamb the Lion and the Lamb how great is our God sing with me how great is our God and how we'll see how great how great is our God name above all names worthy of all praise my heart will sing how great is our God name above all names you are worthy of all praise and my heart will sing how great is our God how great is our God sing with me how great is our God and all will see how great how great is our God how great is our God sing with me how great is our God and all will see how great how great is our God amen Lord bless, thank you for being here this morning. Enjoy the rest of the day. Looks nice out.